1: Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score Nord Studios. TCL,
2: America's fastest growing TV brand.
1: It's Purple Daily. He's very mature you know just talking to him in the locker room i just feel like i'm i'm not talking to someone who's right out of college i feel like i'm talking to someone who's about my age and uh i think that makes it a little easier to just be on the same page and work together uh, i think there's inevitably you go against a guy like aaron donald and it's like you know i wasn't blocking a lot of these guys in the acc occasionally but not a lot there's always those wake up call moments in your rookie year but i'm excited for the player he can be and and i know the coaches are and i think he's uh, picked up things pretty quickly for you know how much we've thrown at him and he's handled it you know with a with a a calm and a, and a coolness about him that is also great to see. So uh, that's been real positive. Hold on, Jonathan. I'm tweeting. <laughs> okay. Do, do 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 Just keep playing the music. It'll be all right. Uh, you got like three seconds and the okay, music's uh, done. Uh, all right. music's go. done. So yep, we're here. There you go. It's Purple music's Daily. Done. I didn't finish my tweet. Here's what I was about to tweet is... Uh, What we're going to be talking about today on Purple Daily is the most interesting Vikings when vets get on the field that we're going to be looking for. That is tomorrow that they arrive. Mr. Mankato odds, 2.20. They are dropping, I think, right now on our website, if I set it up correctly, and I may not have. But if I did, then they're there right now, or they should have just posted if I... Fix that if I didn't for me, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah let me um, get on that. and tweet finish this tweet for me if you could because I'm struggling with that. Okay. Um, I'm checking to see if they Vikings posted in camp. Let's see here. Mr. Mankato. I haven't seen them posted yet, mm. at least on the Twitter feed. Anyways. Okay. Well, I, I there's a video of you. Very possible I did something wrong. I announced my pick via a video that is on our Twitter. So if you want to know who I'm going to select a little bit early, then you can go and see that video. Courtney Cronin will be in in just a moment. She is coming from TCO Performance Center. I was there earlier today as the rookies wrapped things up with the morning practice. And then the vets get here. They get on the field tomorrow, and we are in full swing of camp by Sunday. They're going to have pads on. How hard is it going to be for you to sleep tonight? How how how, like, how like hyped? Christmas?
3: Are you Steve Ballmer level hyped for tomorrow? <laughs>
1: that guy. That sound if is I had amazing. Two billion dollars or whatever he has to just spend on a team. What does he have total? Probably like fifty billion. And he had two billion oh. to just buy the Clippers for. I would act like that all the time too. I would be that excited about life if I had that much money as well. I don't blame him. Oh um, wow, you are right. 50 billion. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I looked that up one time. I was like, who is this guy? Oh. Okay. <laughs> He's one of them <laughs> right. who has got 50 billion dollars yeah, right. to spend. Um, so here's something that crossed my mind today as the veterans will get here tomorrow, but Kirk Cousins has already been here and mm-hmm. you played the Kirk Cousins clip to start the show, what has been on my mind is what's left to say about Kirk Cousins as we go into the actual training camp. What more can we know about Kirk Cousins? Because he has now started four years in the league. We've seen him one year here as a Minnesota Viking, and it was about as disappointing of a season as you could possibly have. And there's no other way to put that, is 8-7-1 was so far short of what we believed was going to happen. And we've re uh, litigated... Kirk Cousins' 2018 season a million times. You have people on Twitter on a daily basis who fight over it. You have analysts who fight over it. Dan Orlovsky did a big thing about how it wasn't Kirk Cousins' fault. And then Kurt Warner... How great is this? Like, Kurt (laughs) Warner comes flying in on Twitter and says, Sorry, bro, disagree with that. (laughs) And we've just gone over it a bunch of times. Here's how he's going to be better. He's going to have a better offensive line. He's going to have a better system. He's going to have this second tight end that's going to help him out. And all these things are going to fix the issues that plagued Kirk Cousins last year. And I think we've gone over it enough times that if you're still desperately hanging on to Kirk actually had a good year. It was the kicker or something, or it was Tom Compton. Um the owner has said he needs to be better. The coach has said he needs to be better. The general manager has said he needs to be better. He has said he needs to be better and win more games this year. I mean I think it's pretty clear what the conclusion for year one of Kirk Cousins should be is that he did not do enough for them to make the playoffs. We, There really is, it's like we've proven that beyond a reasonable doubt. That Whether you think it was the guard's fault or needing another receiver outside of Aldrick Robinson or it was John D. Filippo's fault and so forth and so on, I think the one thing that you would be, if we were doing law and order terms, that you would be charged with and convicted of is not having as good of a season as you were expected to have at the quarterback position. I think when he comes out and says, I'm
3: basically a 500 quarterback and essentially I need to do better. I think that's when that conversation ends and people who are on the side that know he had a good season can stop being, or stop pitching a flag in that hill. You can stop saying that he had a good season because the man himself just admitted he didn't have a good enough season. Right. So that's been,
1: that's been proven. And even the person has pled guilty to it. Yes, <laughs> they've pled guilty to eight, seven, and one was not good enough. Being right. a five hundred quarterback is not good enough. It needs to be better. So now, here as we arrive, uh, all the team uh, at training camp and everybody's on the field. You've got your receivers back. You've got all your coaches. You got every everything is full swing training camp tomorrow. What is there left to say about Kirk Cousins? And we have time to take some calls on this. If people want to chime in, 651-646-8255 is the phone number. Courtney Cronin just arriving here in studio. Hello. Hi. It's all right. Everyone knows you have a job and you're working. It's okay.
4: I was actually a little distracted today. Um, you know, we were talking about the Stephen Ridley era at a tra- <laughs> training camp because it was the first training camp practice that we saw with rookies, and I got a little bored. So I just went down the Stephen Ridley rabbit hole. It's the real reason I'm late. Oh, okay. No, I'm getting It was traffic and work and real things, but... <laughs> Stephen
1: Ridley. Uh, inside jokes from... Training camp are From already in, in full ago. swing. The veterans aren't even here yet, but but we're. It's uh, been a long
4: ready. three days already. It,
1: it does feel like it. So h- here, I'll, I'll present you with the question since you just got here that I threw out there for potential phone calls and discussion today when Judd comes in as well. Mm-hmm. And don't worry, Mister Mankato, odds are coming. Um, but it, is what what is left for us to say about Kirk Cousins throughout this training camp? What is left for us to look for? to learn about him. I mean, everything is going to be, well, can the offensive line protect him better? Does the scheme work better for him? But what about him? And and the way that I would put it is that everyone can agree on one fundamental point, that 2018 was not good enough and that the quarterback was very far from free of blame, uh, put it that way, for 2018. So what else are we supposed to talk about With Kirk Cousins, now that we get into official camp.
4: Well, from a schematic standpoint and from the system standpoint, I think a lot of the situational stuff we're going to see, red zone drills third-down drives, two-minute drills. I love I mean, that she
1: goes right to red-zone drills, don't you, Jonathan? It's like, what, what, what do we want to learn about Kirk Cousins? Like, red-zone drills? What are you, stupid?
4: I mean, do you not remember how bad he was in OTAs <laughs> oh, no, last year? No, and both, I do. Both you and I looked at each other and said, this is going to be their downfall. Sometimes you are
1: just so football that I'm impressed. I mean, I'm just like, I, I know that we're around each other all the time, and I know this about you, but when you, when you said that, I was just like, oh, Football,
4: man. I mean when you were I saw drills. your video Let's this go. morning of uh the D line drills and I was like oh Hitting just, the sled. Hitting the sled, it just you know, I, I felt um I felt like a, a jolt in my veins. Um, so, but so, anyway so you you so you want to see I want to see some of those systematic things that when you talk about next level with Kirk Cousins, and this is kind of it's gonna be the overarching theme of the year. What is next level look like for him? It's gotta be the ways that you scheme around his strengths. If he really is a system quarterback and you paid all that money for someone who's the product of what, how good everything else is around him, what does third down and long look like? What does red, what does the red zone look like? He's not gonna change the way he is in the pocket. So I know that when we talk about the offensive line and the timing and just how much he was pressured last year, what is, you know, whether that's on the offensive line or whether that's on Kirk, I think all of that's neither here nor there. It's scheming around where his weaknesses are. And with Gary Kubiak in this system and implementing his philosophy, I did a story uh, and I spoke with Dan Orlovsky about this uh, because he played with Gary Kubiak. And he said the number one thing that Coobes is going to do does everyone call him coobs? He does. Yeah. He. Does. I remember Stage was in here calling him Coobs. Sage called him Coobs. I think everybody does. This, All right. Yeah. So I mean, I, need, I don't know need if that to get gives people us... into
1: the WWGD.
4: I don't. Yeah, I know. I don't think know if that gives us license to call him Koobz. Um No. But I'm. I mean, I'm. I'd say no. I'm starting I, my Gary chant. I uh, think that,
1: and I'm sorry to derail your point. So make sure we get back to it. Sure. But just as a general rule, I never call players by their nickname. That's so fine. So the you might know this guy. There was a player for the Bills named Booby Dixon.
4: Yeah, and his name is his
1: name is Anthony.
4: Yeah, Mississippi
1: State. Everyone called him Booby, but I would call him Anthony because I feel like we're not we're not close. Like your teammates could call you that, but I'm I'm like we're not buddies. So you're just a player that I cover. So I'm just like not comfortable calling you Booby. That's
4: fine. You can. I'm not comfortable calling him Coops. Well then, well th- I I I'm going to read the quote then because Pull that, I don't way. want to I don't want to make it look like I'm calling him Coobs. All right. So so we talk about third third down and long, those situational things that they can alter. Running the ball more effectively in the red zone because no one fears Kirk Cousins's legs that often. Um but one thing that we got into for the story I wrote was just about What is Gary Kubiak going to do for him? Like, what is he actually going to help Kirk Cousins in this next level thing? He said, quote, Kubiak has this incredible way of understanding what gets quarterbacks into a rhythm and what's needed. And not just this quarterback, but this quarterback in this game, in this situation, against this defense. The impact that he has on guys just in their confidence moment by moment, it's really phenomenal. So I'm curious, like, how do we know? How will we know It's in training camp is Kirk Cousins in a rhythm? And how much has Gary Kubiak affected his game? That's going to be tough. But to me, that's the most interesting thing. Because it's like, why else is Gary Kubiak here? So I think it comes down, when I look at Kirk Cousins and what else there is to know. Like, how do you scheme around this guy's weaknesses? And how is that going to be either the make or break of this season?
1: And to your point, last year we had a really good sense for the shortcomings of the offense by just watching practice every day. Yeah. That... That's why I brought up Red Zone. Yeah, there's sometimes a perception that, oh, it's just practices and you can't really learn anything and they only play a couple of reps during the preseason games, so we have to wait. But when you are watching every single practice, you start to get used to some themes. And the red zone was a theme. The two-minute stuff was a theme from last year. And then the fact that the Vikings defensive line could do whatever the hell they wanted against the offensive line last year in training camp. And the Vikings defensive line is great, but a lot of defensive lines are great. And them blowing through the Vikings offensive line consistently and sacking Kirk Cousins Showed us, you know what? This is going to be a little bit of an issue. And I have this lasting image in my mind of them trying Brian O'Neill at guard one day and of Kirk Cousins having the pocket collapse around him and patting the ball. And, and all these things happen during the regular season. Now you're looking really close into the schematic part of this. I'm looking a little bit more into, um, I guess the, a interpersonal communications in terms of the body language from Kirk Cousins in OTAs. We saw him sort of throw a fit when things weren't going very well. And you, you looked at everybody else around him when he was getting upset and it was sort of, Oh, okay. Here's, you know, Kirk getting upset with us again and that kind of thing. And because we've questioned so much the leadership and whether he's the guy that can make people better around him. And then to me, there's another part of this, too, that sort of begins now with Kirk Cousins of, like, how are we going to ultimately think of Kirk Cousins in Minnesota? It really hinges a lot on what goes on this season, and even though we won't have an answer to that throughout the preseason, we'll be closer to the answer when we get to the end of training camp than we were when we started, of will he be remembered as – the average quarterback who couldn't get them to anywhere other than average? Will he be looked at as the guy who, as a rival executive said, found a way to piss everyone off again? Or will he change every bit of that narrative, which he absolutely has the opportunity to do? He has the opportunity to change his approach, to learn from the mistakes that happened uh, last year. when it came to dealing with some of his teammates, to know his teammates better this time than he did maybe last year uh, in terms of how different people like to learn, what they react to, and and getting on the same page. I I think we'll get a a sense of that from Kirk Cousins. And then I'm going to constantly be thinking about, is this the guy that's going to be talked about as one of the biggest disappointments of any team in any signing that's ever happened, or is it going to be them being justified for spending $84 million
4: on him. How much of that do you really expect to find out during training camp, though? That, to me, is part of this year-long narrative of, okay, is next level actually achievable? Because you can scheme around guys' weaknesses, away from their weaknesses, and scheme towards their strengths all you want, but the interpersonal part, the the, the leadership aspect, I mean, I remember Kirk talking about it in May or June. You know, he he's he came in here... And he was the, you know, he wasn't going to be the super vocal guy, or at least in his eyes, he wasn't going to try to, you know, establish himself in that manner. And I think it was during OTAs or minicamp this year. He said, "Yeah, it's just, you know, I don't really know if I have much to do in that category. Like, I don't know. I mean, can, leadership wise, you can always become a better leader. You can always earn the respect of your locker room. And you kind of have to continue doing that. That's not just a, a one time thing." But what more can he do that he hasn't already done? I don't know that we'll see that during training camp. I mean, to me, that's a, you know, training camp, as he said, you know, you get to Labor Day and what do you have to show for it? I mean, the season hasn't even started and you're exhausted from six weeks of this. Um, Stuff doesn't, you don't really get tested, I don't think, as a leader until you really go through what could be ups and downs of this season. Um, so I don't know if we'll see that for a while, but, but, but to your point, to the larger conversation here, we still need to figure out who this guy is. Um, there's still a lot of mystery left around Kirk Cousins. I mean, you you mentioned the quote that was in the athletic article the other day, um, and that type of stuff you've heard from Washington, uh, obviously that article and some stuff that came out last year in Minnesota, but how do you turn that around? Like what, what What does it take? Does it just take winning? Then you can act like that all you want? Or what's it going to take?
1: He's probably right when he says all it takes is winning to change the narrative about you because the narrative now is that he's the guy that has been on good teams and could never get them over the top. And... Uh, if he doesn't get them over the top again, then that will remain the narrative on him. And you're right that in training camp, we can't figure out whether he's going to be thought of as a massive bust here or as the hero that got them to the Super Bowl. We don't know that yet. I guess what I'm looking for is by when do we end camp? When, I mean, is it officially so like, like the end of August or middle of August or something? Well, like
4: the preseason? Yeah,
1: when, like, Whatever. When they... Are ready to play a real football game that like August 30th, the the, the day that uh, we officially walk off the practice field for the last time and say, "All right, the next time we see football, it'll be at U.S. Bank Stadium." How am I going to feel about Kirk Cousins? Am I going to feel from what I saw in the entire lead up and listening to what everyone said around him like this has a chance to be much different, or am I going to feel like I don't know? Probably, probably you just different. Things that they're trying with the same
4: results. My issue is that how often, when a guy, I asked Mike Zimmer about this early in the preseason. How difficult is it for guys to break habits? For you to have a player who has been in the NFL for eight years, is now going on his fifth year as a starter, when he's used to patting the ball all the time, when Mm -hmm. he's used to taking his sweet time in the pocket, because he can, you know, guys can sense guys on the outside. I think it's just the interior where you, have no confidence to step up in the pocket. Maybe that's why he's hanging back so long. How do you break those bad habits? You know what I mean? If you're not somebody who innately can sense a rush and can escape and make throws on the run and um, you know just have a better mental capacity for the game, how do you change that? And I think that that's the difficult thing that we just won't know yet um, until we see him in really critical moments. That's stuff that is a year-long process. um, But... I gather from like what we know right now and kind of where Kirk is at right now going into year 2. I mean, you have to think of this as a make or break season for him because if it, this whole next level conversation, the whole narrative of of him being able to buck back, you know, uh, bounce back from like his woes of last year, I just don't I mean that's not going to be the conversation next year if they if he doesn't win games this year.
1: Yeah, no that's um and that's the thing is, do we get a sense by the end of camp from what people are saying that they feel like that's how it's going to go? I that's, just
4: don't know because I feel like guys are not exactly truthful about stuff like that.
1: But we're we're masters at reading between the lines, though. We yeah, did last year. I in mean, a la- way. Last year we knew that there were some problems coming out of camp.
4: We knew, but the chemistry-wise, I don't think that that stuff started to unfold mm-hmm. until, you know... You know, we talked to players in the locker room and Anthony Barr drops a, you know, I thought he was fake at first, but then this, that and the other thing, like catching himself in the middle of that statement. Excuse me. That was the stuff that yeah. last year was kind of not a surprise to me, but it's like, oh, OK, so this is how you really feel like it took, you know, training camp. These guys were just trying to figure out who the heck this guy was. He's coming in here, calling Kyle Rudolph a mattress, and oh my gosh, I love him so much. You never threw him in the red zone. He's a mattress. I thought. I thought that was supposed to be your guy. Like we never were able to put two and two together until I think it really the season started to unfold that hey, it wasn't maybe what they were doing in training camp didn't actually foreshadow. Um, it wasn't actually truthful, or it wasn't just it wasn't what met the eye, in my opinion.
1: Never really understood the mattress thing.
4: Yeah, I don't get it either. Mattresses you better throw him in the red zone this have year, though.
1: Arms um chairs do
4: not going to call somebody an armchair no no you're not can't be armchair maybe just
1: stay away from using furniture as references for tight ends uh all right we got to take a break and when we come back mr Mankato odds they are out they are official they're on ScoreNorth.com, our free website that you can go to and see uh chris long from kstp tv kstp tv it's hard to say fast. Should I just say KSTP? Yeah, just downstairs. Say KSTP. He's People on television. Anyway, Chris Long has put these together. He does every single year. He's got analysis on his topics and the highest odds ever handed out by Chris Long to a particular player. We'll tell you about that when we come back. Zol.
0: The man Kato. There he is, your training camp hero. The dreams of a dozen oh, men. What a who time! What a time, time in our
4: lives!
2: Playing well in full team practice.
4: Who made this? Oh, no. he turn this is this like recently? No. No. Four years old. This is my first time hearing this, Well, Aren't
5: you the lucky one?
1: he is, Mr. Mr. Mankato. Oh, it just gives me chills because it's time. It takes you back to a special time, doesn't it's it? It does, which is tomorrow. Um <laughs> Everyone gets on the field tomorrow. Maybe you've heard Vikings training camp is starting. And every year here on Score North or when we were 1500 ESPN or if there was any other names to the station before that, we did... Mr. Mankato. And they're not in Mankato anymore. It doesn't matter. It's a different station name. It's a different location. Courtney wasn't here. Who cares? Well, someone Mr. asked Mankato. me,
4: why is it still called Mr. Mankato? Because we said it was. That's why. Why Just, would you change it, Mr. TTO? Like what? I like, don't know. I mean, is it is it a nostalgic Mr. thing for orthopedic? you? Mr.
1: Orthopedic? Absolutely. <laughs>
5: yeah. What's it going to yes. be? Mr. Egan? Mr. Mm. Minneapolis Suburbs or St. Mm. Paul Suburbs?
4: Wow, you guys oh, are like super uh, angry that I even questioned How this. I'm boring so sorry. is
5: that? I know, but I mean, it's Mankato. They were in Mankato for how many years? 52. Okay, thank you very much. That, somebody needs to remember that. Exactly. Yeah. You and remember it. We need to
4: shout out to so my friends. I'm sure the bars in, the, in Mankato <laughs> right. remember that, too.
1: They miss Zolgad's appearances. For, since our our uh, signal definitely doesn't reach Mankato, to all those streaming in Mankato, shout outs to you for all of your efforts uh, for 52 years. But now it's an Egan. It's still Mr. Mankato. So I want to go over with you, Judd Zolgad, and you, Courtney Cronin, the odds... And then I have already made my pick. I'm not putting pressure on you guys and Jonathan to make your picks just yet. If you don't want to, you got until Monday to make your picks. They get into the pads and then stuff really starts rolling. We'll be back on the air on Monday, you know, to assess sort of what we saw on the weekend a little bit, but we're not going to know after two padded practices who Mr. Man K So your is. pick has been made so my on pick, the air. My pick has been made, but not on the air yet, but in a okay. video on our Twitter. Okay. Because we're on all platforms and it's all free. It's crazy. And uh anyway, so I'm I'm just gonna throw out my pick and we can go over the odds because my pick is the easiest one to make. It's the first guy with the highest odds. The highest odds Chris Long has ever given any Mr. Mankato running back Alexander Madison at three to two odds to win Mr. Mankato and I'm going with him. He's from Boise State He's got lots of talent, and he's going to get lots of opportunity in those preseason games to shine. And you guys know this. The preseason games, that's where it happens. We're out there in the the practices. Right, but but how the fans feel about Mr. Mankato, you got to see it on the field in the preseason games. So the favorite is Alexander Madison. Your reaction to my amazing pick.
5: Courtney, go go
1: I, went, I, hit, I, I, so I went with Isaac Frickty two years ago because I was like, oh, I'll get these guys. I'll be the smart one that doesn't yeah. really fit. I'm the Vikings reporter. I'll be really smart. No, I'm going with the favorite.
4: Well, what was Frichty? Was he a six round pick? Was he drafted? I don't
1: know. He's undrafted. I feel it like matter.
4: it's almost kind of unfair <laughs> to pick a third round pick. Oh my
5: God. The parameters were. And have been that it starts third round.
4: That's fine, but so I mean, that's the pr- I it's a, it's mean, a, it's, it's a safe fi- pick. It, it's, it's super,
1: a, super typical of Courtney to just like question the rules right away.
4: <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a good pick. I think this you game pro- you
1: guys have been playing forever. You're wrong.
4: No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> questioning this. This the way the game has been structured. You know, I think well, you have a great pick. Because I appreciate
1: it. Good for you.
4: You have a good pick because he's going to play a ton yep. in the preseason. They're not going to want to wear Dalvin Cook down. I mean, their number one mm-hmm. running back who's healthy right now. Keep him healthy. Don't play him that much in the preseason because there's no need to making way for Alexander Madison to be Mr. Mankato to cement himself as the number two running back. I, th- I get it. Sure, I'm saying that's
1: why he's my pick.
4: Okay, not saying I think it's like the most like legit pick. I was
1: gonna fine. say, let's see here. Why <laughs> is
4: picking the favorite wrong? This is why you keep a favorite because you're suppo- favorites usually win. And that's true. It's unless you're a country, I'm trying, ho- unless you're I'm trying country to win. Horn. I'm trying to find the country horse among this group. Oh, okay. Group. The, well, there is a f- couple of fifty
1: to one. So I'm just going to start to go down these, and you guys can tell me when they st- catch your eyes or ears. Uh, Jake Browning has the second highest odds. Are we okay with a two to one from Chris Long for the number four quarterback?
5: I think those are a little bit high because I think I think Longer believes the Browning might play. More than he actually will, because my son is going to get more run than Kyle Jake Browning. We're going to give Kyle every chance.
1: Great kid. So Kyle won. Proud of him every time Kyle he takes the field. Kyle won last year, did he not? I don't remember now. I think
4: he did. We were trying to figure this out the other day. I believe he was the winner. It was a
1: hotly contested race. Chad Beebe was involved, but... Of course he was. Floater, in the fourth preseason game, I think won, okay. possibly. <laughs> All right. And, and, and that put him over the top. So... I agree with you guys that Jake Browning might be a little too high, but we know when that fourth quarterback, when if he gets into those preseason games mm-hmm. and they show that they like him, they paid Jake Browning a lot of money to come here, mm-hmm. so if he gets his chances then he's got a shot to become everyone's darling from having a couple of games, as Kyle Sloter has. That's why he was the perfect Mr. Mankato for last year, because he became the darling where people call up and go, hey, what about Sloter? I'm really interested in him. Here like, it yeah, is. me too, the Here third quarterback. Is.
5: Kyle Sloter, is your 2018 Mr. Mankato. So okay. we have confirmed
1: that Kyle Sloter won it. All right, now the next two are both wide receivers at 4-1, to one, Dylan Mitchell and B.C. Johnson. Your thoughts?
4: Well, I was gonna pick either one of these, and I'm not going to for my pick. I'll, my pick's a little further down, but it's okay. um, like you and I have our own separate wager going on which of the seventh round receivers I is do. most likely to make the roster, you have Team Mitchell, Team Team Hardaway is what you want to say. Hardaway, um, that's right, and I have BC Johnson, Team BC. Um, I think you know. <laughs> I love it. Like with uh, Dylan Mitchell says, odds ah, four to one. Who's <laughs> to argue with Penny Hardaway? Right.
5: That's right. Look um, at the work that Chris Long puts into this.
4: this Honest this to God. Insane. He's a
1: psychopath.
4: Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are we arguing here? So, what are we? S- says the person who's doing an article on running back blocking. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So, four to one. Okay. Well, well, th- I, I think that if you're looking for a non favorite, that you probably have a great chance of 4-1 to one for Dylan Mitchell or B.C. Johnson because they both get drafted in the seventh round. There's no clear-cut third sure. wide receiver. They're going to get a lot of run. They're going to get a lot of playing time. They're not going to play Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen much in these preseason mm-hmm. games. You're going to see Mitchell and B.C. And, I agree. And, and we're going to battle all summer long over it.
4: I've never really understood the the discourse that's happened the last few days. I put my 53 out the other day, and I put B.C. Johnson over Dylan Mitchell. And there are a lot of people like... You're wrong. It's it's Mitchell over Johnson. I'm like, how do you know? Have you seen him? Like, Have you seen that's, either that's of these I two in this well. offense? Um, well, I was basing it off actually being out there with my own two eyes as a credentialed media member during OTA's rookie mini camp, talking wearing to pe- shorts. Talking to people, talking when, to people, which is Dylan what I do for a puts living. What's the pads on? You watch. This is and getting that's contentious. Why I, this- I like
1: this show today.
4: I think the thing with these two here, though, both of them will be part of this team. I think one I'll I'll go ahead and say it, one's going to be on the roster, one'll be on practice squad. Okay. Because they they both they kept trading back in the draft and they saw these two as two very identical vertical threats. It's just which one is going to fill that skill set for number 3 potentially. I mean, I don't think either of them will be the number 3 receiver. I think that's that's Chad Beebe's job. So, um
1: I will say this though. BC Johnson came from Colorado State Rams. And they just have great uniforms. It's It's green, aren't they? Green and gold with the Ram helmets. A great name. His real
4: name is Ola BC. Okay, this is fantastic. um, During rookie minicamp, he asked them to drop the Ola because I guess he just goes by BC, B I S I.
1: It's a great name. I'm going to change my name. There's an explanation here, I think, of what Ola BC means. Uh, uh, Yeah, in Chris Long's write up, Ola BC's name translates to bring prosperity to your family. (laughs) So
4: this <laughs> did, is unbelievable. How did he Google that? Or did, he, how, what he stays maybe, up? All maybe night. he knows
5: Nigerian. He stays up all night doing these odds
1: and writing up these comprehensive bios. I know it's. I impressive. Mean, this is this is it's extremely he's
4: impressive. sick. He's yep. sick.
1: So uh, maybe he'll bring bring prosperity to you for banking on him uh six to one is a really interesting mr man potential pick which is hercules mana a guy that got hyped up by mike zimmer the undersized defensive tackle i don't know if you guys have heard this but john randall was an undersized defensive tackle anybody- oh yeah undersized john randall from where I forget. Where to he go? Somewhere was it at, Texas, Texas a which, and yeah. which is now yeah. a different name? Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Undersized.
4: This is my pick.
1: So he must be the next Whoa. John Randall. This is my Oh, pick. you're going Hercules. Yeah. Someone had to do it, right?
4: Yeah, because I wasn't wow. going to pick one of the receivers because we have our own wager. So I wanted to... There's a lot of candidates here, and I wanted to go with uh, one that was not one of those. I'd so, like to
1: point out that our own wager is like a milkshake.
4: I know. It's, yeah, it's not very... We, just, we did Boone and Thomas last year. We right. have to I have one every
1: single year. just wanted to point that out. Um, We're not actually gambling on whether no. wide receivers make the, uh, no, the team. No, absolutely not. Um, All right, so I'm what do you degenerate? love about Hercules Mata'afa that well, makes him your pick?
4: First off, you you got to pay attention to the clues from the coaching staff. The guys that they keep bringing up kind of unprompted. I mean, he's Mike Zimmer's been asked about Hercules Mata'afa quite a bit. And I think just given what the three-technique position holds for the ceiling of it this year... Shamar, it's going to be a rotating door. You're going to have Shamar Steffen play what, 45, 40% of snaps? Hercules is undersized, but he's quick and he can get after the quarterback. And this is more of a natural position for him from where he played at Hawaii to where they had him last year at defense. Not, Washington, Washington State. State. He's, he's from, from Hawaii. Hawaii sorry. Yeah. Washington um, State, yeah. But he tore his ACL last year when they had him playing defensive end. And that was not, they don't need to have him on the edge. He's an interior guy. He's small, but he's quick. And I think that that, to push the pocket um, and get after a quarterback, that's different than what you had last year. And if you're going to go by committee here, you're going to want bodies. And so I think he will be part of that.
1: So here's my prediction on Mata Afa, That he becomes the next Edmund Robinson that got hyped up in OTAs by Mike Zimmer, and we never hear from him again. That is that is my thought. Yeah, I Way could, to bring the mood I know. down. I could be wrong. You could be right. Maybe he's John Randall. I don't know. Maybe he's Mr. Mankato. We will see. I mean,
4: you're hurting Judd's his, feelings about Sloter. You're hurting his my name, feelings about Hercules. His, his name yeah.
1: helps him. Let's be honest here. His name, Hercules Mataafa, absolutely That's helps a him great in this. Name. I'm just saying, I, I think that. Um, a lot of people do well in the Pac-12 as undersized sure. stuff, and then this is the national because nobody, football cause nobody
4: league. goes to the Pac-12 to play defense.
1: National Football League, you got to be big, so I I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. I mean, I could be That's wrong. Camp, That's why we have training. That's why we have this make it. That's why because we do if this. I'm wrong, it'll be great. Uh, all right, the next one, Eric Eager, my friend for Pro Football Focus, has sent in his pick: Chris Boyd, the seventh round cornerback. I guess PFF really liked him coming out of college, yep. and as long as um, he didn't hang out with Holton Hill too much, they're friends, then uh, he'll be fine, and he's got a chance to stick around.
5: I'm going to stop you right there, and I'm going to tell you Chris Boyd is my pick.
1: He is your pick. all right. Chris Boyd at
5: 8-1 to one is my pick. I love this pick because he plays the position that the head coach knows near and dear and absolutely loves, and if he takes a liking to you, will work with you continually to develop you while ignoring the quarterback and the offense. I'm picking Chris Boyd. I like it. And by the way, he's 8-1, eight eight so I feel like it's a fun it's a, pick. It's a comfortable odd. Matthew's pick.
4: Not a fun pick. No, it's not. Oh. It's safe. It's not, yeah. Mr. Mankato was never about like safety. Little, yeah. I'm exa- trying
5: to win. Courtney, sort of, Courtney gets it. She just put it perfectly. Yeah, you're just, see, that's the problem. Is you're not supposed to try to win. You're supposed to try Why to win by going— Why even have by a going, favorite, then, if by no going, one picks him? Because Chris As Long's a gambling no, degenerate.
4: Like, he, should, he shouldn't even Fair. have odds attached to them, but we've gone down the rabbit hole, and there we are. I like your Chris Boyd pick. We talked to him yesterday, um, and he was mentioning just about the technique thing, just how much Zimmer's been in his, his, in his ear uh-huh. already. And it's like uh-huh. little tiny things uh, that he's— Paying a lot of attention to him, I think that he sees an opportunity. Even though he says he doesn't see competition um, in training camp, he's got a great shot to make the roster right now because of Holton Hills' mm-hmm. uh, eight-game suspension that he's facing. Yep. Guy suspended half the season. They've got. They don't have great cornerback depth. They have good starting. like, You know, they, their starting spots are solidified, but the depth factor is a big problem. And if Chris Boyd can stay healthy. I mean, who's your who's your backup outside corner right now, Mike Hughes? I don't know when Mike Hughes is coming back.
5: That's exactly who's right. Who's your
4: backup nickel outside of Orlando Scandrick? And what's, um, if he ever signs they haven't here, signed they haven't yeah. signed him. But and
5: what's the one position on this team that the head coach is not going to allow the general manager Cornerback. to neglect, no matter what happens? Cornerback.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, Chad Graff has weighed in with his pick, and I think this is a great selection. It's the next guy on our list. That is Marcus Epps. Because we might see Marcus Epps get some time at that nickel corner. As we did at uh, minicamp and OTAs. He could be that safety nickel guy who gets a lot of playing time during preseason. Steps up, makes some plays. He has the great underdog story of being from Wyoming. I think he's got a shot. Sixth round pick, 12-1. to I like it. If I wasn't picking the favorite to be a troll... Then I uh, would probably pick Marcus Epps at twelve to one. I think that's really good odds for whatever you're getting at twelve to one. All right, ego points, I guess. All right, let's uh, let's run down a few of the other ones here that are longer shots. Cameron Smith is a linebacker, and that is definitely a thing that is true that I can say about Cameron Smith.
4: I don't. I don't know what he would make the roster for this year outside of special teams because Eric Wilson's in front of him, Ben Gideon's in front of him, Devontae Downs. I don't know what who who, which of those guys are you going to outseat really to be part of that rotation because it's three it's three linebackers. They're probably going to keep six total. So and I know I'm forgetting somebody else in that mix too. I just I just don't see it.
1: So the case for Cameron Smith for Mr. Mankato would be that Kendricks and Barr are certainly not gonna spend yeah. a lot of time in the field. And he's gonna light it up in special teams. If you light it up in special teams and if you get a pick six on a bad screen pass from a fourth string quarterback, uh, I'm talking to you. Audie <laughs> I knew where Cole, you were going with that. Right? Audie Cole Two against picks. the Buffalo
5: Bills. Exactly. Yeah, I if, saw it myself in the Metrodome. If night.
1: happens, then Cameron Smith has a shot. Aside from that, he's not one of the more intriguing players to me, but that would be your only case for picking him. Let's take a break and we'll get to more of the 16 to ones because there's a really interesting group of 16 to ones and then <laughs> Chris. Went off the board a little bit with 25-1 to with the funniest selection that you could take. The best and funniest. And maybe there's good odds because it's two people at once. Um, And we'll go through some more of Chris Long's analysis here. The official Mr. Mankato odds are... 2.46
3: here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. Despite the division lead being down to just two games, the Twins do have... Some excitement looking forward. They have one of, if not the easiest schedule left in the majors. So hopefully that two-game lead stretches out to a little bit more and you can celebrate the rest of this exciting season for the Twins by joining Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, Rami Makloff, Judd Zulgad, and former Minnesota Twin Glenn Perkins for a special recording of the Score North Twin Show Glenn Perkins on Baseball Tuesday, August 6th, beginning at 5 p.m. for Modest Brewing Company in Minneapolis. All attendees will receive one complimentary beer courtesy of Modest Brewing Company with prize giveaways throughout the night. This event is free, but you must register to attend registration right now at scorenorth.com Glenn. That's been the Score North Download. Now back to Purple Daily.
1: All right, in studio now, along with myself, Matthew Collar, Judd Zolged, ESPN's Courtney Cronin, is the odds maker himself, Chris Long. I wasn't, I wasn't sure whether you're going to you. be able to make it, but you're here. Yep. So we've been breaking it down, heavily scrutinizing every one of these odds and the analysis and the breakdowns. So we made our way through the first half, Chris, oh, we and okay. we decided that the best bets, tell me if you agree or not, are Chris Boyd 8-1, to Marcus Epps 12-1, to and uh, Courtney is going for the Hercules Mata off a trap. At six to one,
2: trap. well, and the whole trick—I mean, you named the three guys that I've got listed as as the value plays, and that's exactly what they are. It's just it's, Mr. Mankato heavily skews skill position. Those are easily, I think. Well, obviously, I think the three most obvious non-skill position guys who have a shot.
1: I went with the favorite, Alexander Madison, 3-2. to Now explain why he is the highest odds Mr. Mankato ever, which is exactly why I picked him, and I don't care what Judd Zelgad thinks of that. I want to win. He is a very good running back. A, he has
2: a tremendous backstory that once it permeates through Viking and everybody's going to fall in love with the guy. He's a fantastic interview, so anytime you see him giving a soundbite, it's going to be intriguing. And he has the kind of skill that's going to have a couple ooh plays over the next three weeks in
1: Egan. Oh, that is the perfect <laughs> recipe for. What Mr. Type, I'm sorry, what type of plays? Oh, plays you've heard them. <laughs> yeah, that that was a, like a Tim Allen sort of uh, home <laughs> the, the other way though. Ooh. The, yeah, I didn't. I didn't put the emphasis on the right part of that. Then, uh, but. Okay, so so we got through that, and I I like the Marcus Epps pick and Chad Graff uh, from the Athletic. Is that in. is that his pick? He said he's picking Marcus Epps. Our friend Eric Eager for Pro Football Focus is taking Chris Boyd. Now, when we get into the longer shots here, a lot of guys. Chris at sixteen to one. I am going to read them and you tell me which ones were kind of interesting to you. Cameron Smith, we went over a little bit. I think that's a tough one. Uh, Davion Davis at sixteen to one. Armin Watts, Craig James, and Jeff Baddett. Explain. Well, Cam Smith comes from that USC linebacker
2: pedigree, so there's got to be that in there. Uh, the interesting thing with him that every single scouting report I run on him said, "You're going to see film and go." Eh. He doesn't jump off the page, but he also doesn't make mistakes. He makes impact plays without them. That being doesn't slashing.
1: sound like a Mr. Mankato. I would
2: agree. Davis is interesting because he's the prototypical small college guy that no one heard of when he got drafted or, or excuse St. me signed Houston State, right? Right, and you go who. So, uh, who knows how good he is? Was he very good against the competition? We'll find out. He
4: had a few good uh, days in minicamp, if uh, I remember uh, correctly. And that's why Sam Ekstrom, I believe, is will end up picking him. Yes,
1: our
2: buddy
4: it's Sam his. Ekstrom
1: has Davion Davis. Yep. Yes. Armin Watts is the
2: this year's, oh my lord, that's a large human He's being. He's so and tra-
4: big. Um, and so raw, too.
2: Raw. Barely so-
4: played football in the SEC.
2: Yeah, one year. One year starter. This was the section I wrote about 2.30 in the morning last night, so I'm trying to make sure what was in my head actually made it onto the paper. Uh, Craig James?
1: Uh, good they, story. they have no corners. That's nope. why. They no have corners. no corners to play football. That's what so if, you're, too. if you're a corner, then you will play football in the preseason yeah. and get chances to intercept passes and have people fall in love with you. No. And I also liked Craig James last year in the preseason, not as Mr. Mankato, but he's one of those guys that was in last year that didn't make the team... But was brought back, and you could totally see them liking him and giving him a shot again.
2: Made an impression in the rookie tryout, which is, he and Chad Beebe were the only guys that came out of the rookie tryout last year. That adds a little seasoning to the Mr. Manky. He needs a better name, though. Yeah, that made researching him awfully tough because right. the memes that came up for the other <laughs> oh, Craig James no. threw me right. heavily. See, Mata Alpha has the catchy memes. name. Craig James does not. I went down a little rabbit hole. I had, was not familiar with the other Craig James meme that I...
4: Who, who's the other Craig James? The, the broadcaster.
2: Former, uh SMU slash Washington this, oh, Federals yeah. running back. ESPN yeah. ran for Washington Senate. Oh. There's a meme there that yeah. I... He, Wasn't there a
4: singer named Craig James? He
2: also got Maybe. Mike Leach fired at yes. Texas Tech. Yes, his kid... Was one of the ones Leach put in a shed, supposedly locked oh, in a shed. That's a bad. That's it. a bad
5: yeah. idea. That's
2: uh, and then the last guy in the middle's here. Parents frown on that. Jeff Bedet, your guy who you kind of sold me on him last year. Yeah, uh, four two
1: seven forty. Blazing. A period. Fast. Stop. Yep. End of story. Yep. If you throw one ball way up in the air and he outruns some schlub fourth corner for another team and catches it and runs for touchdown, he's got a great chance at Mr. Mankato. Or in a practice, does it against
2: Xavier right? Rhodes? Yeah, he's yeah, got a chance at Mr. Mankato. Uh, so those are all the middle guys, and I don't like having a lot of guys there with no separation, but
1: but, I, but they're I like all different almost, positions. Yeah, if, if you're trying to go a little farther down the board, almost all those picks outside of Cameron Smith I think are pretty good, because I could see Armin Watts, you mentioned being a meme and on Twitter and stuff, that people see Armin Watts and go, oh my God, this gigantic human just sacked the quarterback, and his name is Armin Watts, that's cool. That. You know, you get a couple of sacks on that D line, and all of a sudden, you're the guy that everybody's talking about.
4: Nerdy part of this, if people don't know, he had he was ranked like third behind Quinn and Williams and um, Jeffrey Simmons in terms of uh, interior pressures from an interior defensive lineman last year.
1: So he's pretty decent, long.
4: It's pretty shot good. Hit. I mean, he just he just is raw. I mean, you one had,
1: year of of full of football. college football. Yeah. So let's go down to now the bottom right. here of the guys who. Get the picks. And I just want to say this first. The field is 10 to 1. If you f- pick the field, you're a punk. Okay? Like is you just, is you just picking the field
4: more cowardly than your pick? I, I think you... No, my my pick is not cowardly. The
1: guy has a great chance, and I'm taking the one who has a great chance. It's incredibly boring. The field is chaos. The field
2: is <laughs> someone that's so far off the board. So
1: this is And this is what I did with... Isaac Fricky a few years ago, and it came back to bite me. I thought I was being super smart. You're showing and I'll, no I'll guts right everyone. now, Matthew. And <laughs> now I'm going with the favorite because yeah. I think he's got a great chance. But uh. Uh, all right, Chris, which one of these guys down the board were you like okay? And and by the way, I should mention at 25 to one is the Odenabos. or <laughs> Odena
4: Bros. Yeah, that's right. That's what someone just <laughs> I tweeted saw that. me. I love
1: that. Uh, why at 25 to one both Tito and Afati Odenabo?
4: <laughs> why not? I think, I think,
1: yeah, I think right. e- either of them by yeah. them,
2: two reasons. One, I, that pick. I think either of them by themselves fit there. I'm falling Tito in Denver love with Bruns. Tito, by the way. I interviewed him for the first time Did today. Good the, interview? They're both great. Fantastic. I mean, yeah,
4: Afadi's awesome. And
2: the nugget with Tito, his pre game routine, he listens to two songs on repeat for an hour and a half. Those songs, Billy Joel's Piano Man and Mark Cohn's Walking in Memphis. Wow. What? I mean, right.
4: Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, back for, before games? Yes. That gets you hyped?
2: Him, not me. Wow. So, and... Walking yeah. in man. Memphis. And <laughs> like- Judd is a sucker for... Feel uh, uh paired entries, he took uh, a paired quarterback oh, entry, yeah. I think three years ago. Worked out well That's for me. <laughs> trying to find
1: a way to work that in, and why okay. not do it with the two brothers? All right. Um, so the other one, Ade Aruna, I think people forgot existed because he got hurt last year. He's a defensive end. Uh, Carter Schultz is an AAF guy, and the AAF guys could become a story throughout this. Mm-hmm. There's also Darren Smith, but he's not eligible for this because he played in the league before. Mm-hmm. Duke Thomas as well. Your name is Duke. He's a corner. Maybe you have a shot, but uh, Carter Schultz is the most likely AAF guy. Uh, I don't think Cole Hikutini is worth talking about, or the long snapper. Wait, hold on. I was. I'm shocked that Courtney no, Conan I'm sorry, is not going I'm with say, Austin Cutting. It's
5: not Cutting. worth it because we I, won't well, know if it's a good snap or not. We don't know anything about still, this. Her allegiance is to
4: the long snapping position. My allegiance position. is to the long snapping position. Thank you, Judd. But I also <laughs> want to win. And I think Hercules has spark. Oh, wait, wasn't I criticized for wanting to win and picking the favorite? No, you picked the easy way out. Yeah, exactly. You picked the easy way way out. I picked one that has...
1: Well,
2: and part well, of the is that I win. Part of the draw for team Hercules is going to be if his candidacy rises, you will have the sounder on that board from nutty professor Hercules, Hercules. And that could catch fire <laughs> and that, that could help. All right, I mean, now, that's his right name Daniel. absolutely now, here, is going to be well,
4: reason people pick him, and, and I think.
2: Cutting 66 to 1 or as I said here, about the same odds as a team actually drafting
1: a long snapper uh,
4: yeah, in the NFL. That's game. right.
1: Hey. Now <laughs> the great pick here. Like right. you were mentioning the horse that was fifty to one that won.
4: Country horse. Yes,
1: country horse. <clears throat> and I, I you, know Chris. Did we him? all know. Yeah, sure did. Wow, Chris. How um, much did you
4: win? A lot.
1: Nice. Uh, so here <laughs> is I told you, Courtney, Derelict. Here, but this is the be, this is the best long shot pick, the extreme long shot. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. This is easily my favorite, and I was tempted to take this kicker to be named later (laughs) if dan bailey struggles in game one if he shanks two kicks some other kicker is in here no doubt we've never heard of the guy and if he's great and has some huge leg he could totally be mr Mankato. because in this place we focus on kickers like no other if you
2: put your mythical hundred dollars on the mythical 80 to (laughs) 1 on the kicker to be named later and dan bailey hits an upright in the first preseason game you will have the same feeling I had sitting on country house horse in the Kentucky Derby when they said, <laughs> whoever the hell is was. I go, Oh, he didn't, I go, Oh, he didn't win. Wait a minute. There's a review. Yeah. There's I a had review. that feeling. That's like, right. Oh, if you have. Someone that can actually take that bet for 80 to 1 on the kicker to be named later, and Bailey misses a kick, you're going to get that
1: feeling. You know That's what the kicker amazing. the name later does for you, too? Is it just every kick is drama for you. Right. Every time Dan Bailey rolls out there, you're like, oh, I know
4: what I'm I know what i doing here. The kicker to be named later. Come so so Kicker to be named later also be named Kai Forbath if they bring him back. Oh, I should have put him on. There. Um, yeah, no, he's no, not eligible. No, yeah. be can't. That's yeah. the catch. I mean, you can't.
5: And, and if, if Bailey struggles, they actually probably wouldn't cut him until final cuts, at which point he would be replaced by a guy who couldn't win. So I right. I like your idea, but I don't think it plays well, out. That's why it's 80 to
1: 1. So yeah, sure. I, I would say that if they go into that first preseason game and there's a couple shanks, let's say he misses three, he's donezo, right? I mean, like you they, saw
4: what happened last year. I mean, all that's that's of the dominations no happen in week three.
5: That's why Nate's here, okay? <laughs> there's a
4: college
2: senior out there that didn't get drafted or signed that it would oh, yeah. be a part of the six man. Or, as I guess I should say accurately, that will be in Chicago Bears camp at some point this this fall.
1: Yeah. You're, um, i got to say, before we let you go, Chris, because we're against the break, your research on this is terrific. Terrific. Uh, I was just looking over some of the dark horses and your research and what you put together. Cameron Smith, quote, lacking trigger juice. Yeah, I don't even know what that means, but that's what I saw. Uh, and I'm trying oh, not say for work maybe I
2: tried uh, I should I should <laughs> definitely should...
5: go on our website <laughs> can we talk about trigger juice I'm not sure we can no
2: probably not well, um, also below average burst okay that so, sounds better yeah. than trigger juice to
1: yeah. me yeah. not right. an explosive mover um <laughs> And now <laughs> you're try- you're trying. Those are my it, words. But they're, they're the trigger juice takes you there quick. Well, they're uh, anyway, uh great job Thank Chris. On on. wait, are you giving us your pick now? We have given our picks. He's taking Chris Boyd, she's taking the Mata off a trap, I'm taking the favorite <laughs> because I want to win. How about you? I mean, I
2: you know, I install the favorite that I think is going to win. So by the numbers, I would say Madison, but I think if you're looking for it's tough for me to make predictions because the way I set the odds. I, I I take the odds at what would I Bet, really bet these guys on. I think Dylan Mitchell at 4-1, to one, if you would bet a decent mythical amount of money to get four times your odds, that would be good. Uh, the deeper guys that I really like, Armin Watts, uh yeah that's probably it Edge jeff Bennett, because i think he might do some special team stuff okay great, would you would you share your mythical money work.
4: with him be, since he's still waiting to get paid from that 40 yard dash scam. <laughs>
1: that's right <laughs> it's in there yeah what I'll, a great scam I'll, I'll kick him whatever he is yeah <laughs> we really need to do like a scam on players like show up we have a million dollars for you <laughs> <laughs> like we should get all the timber rolls like dunk like crazy we'll give you a million dollars and then they just show up and dunk and we never pay them yeah. Uh, All right. We're going to do hot routes when we come back. Great job, Chris. Um, We will return. You can see all of these odds and the absurd amount of research that Chris did on these players at Score.
0: This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone.